Welcome to Story Smack. Hello, my name is A. Kovacs, audiobook narrator and founding partner at Empty Set Entertainment. And my name is Scott Sigler, New York Times bestselling author. And frankly, I have no friggin' idea what's going on today. <laughs> you are running the show this time out. Absolutely. This is episode 26 of Story Smack. So we are a little bit older, a little bit wiser. A little and- bit wiser. Maybe not so old, not so wise. Uh, and we're here, this episode, we're kind of going to talk about the requests that have been, been coming in and, mm. and kind of where we're headed with sig- uh, Story Smack as okay. we move. Oh, but cool. first, Oh, cool. So like, uh, well, this is, so now that we've, we're a quarter century in, 25 episodes. Sure. Now it's time for a retrospective to take, sit back with a long distance dedication to Carol in Des Moines. Well, um, no, no, it's more sort of looking forward, oh. but, but okay. that works too. Okay. And Carol in Des Moines is a lovely woman. Casey, can you play Don't It Make My Brown Eyes Blue? (laughs) (laughs) So, um, okay. So, like I said, episode 26 of Story Smack, a podcast of about storytelling and storytellers. And in reality, we're a movie discussion podcast so far. It's been a movie discussion. And we've had some thoughts on this. Like, eventually the goal is to get other cool people onto this podcast, talk about their favorite movies or programs. But movies are the most easily accessible thing. A lot of people haven't read all the books. Right. A lot of people have watched seven seasons of the TV show. But most right. most people listen is like, oh, I'll go I'll go get that movie on Netflix. It'll take ninety minutes to two hours, and then I can be up on the conversation. So yeah. that's why we wound up there. And there are a handful of ways that we've sort of thought about branching out, but they take quite a lot of dedication from the listeners to to have bought in. Mm-hmm. And movies are accessible because you only need two hours and that's that. So that said. Boom. It's done. Boom, boom. boom. They're done twice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So, uh, but anyway, uh, some of those ideas we we will get to as we expand. We mm-hmm. did have Rob Reed on earlier this summer and that was a terrific thing because yeah. he talked a lot about other things that he liked. He talked about his book that was just coming out called After On. And we got to talk together from three different perspectives about a, an old movie. So we'll certainly continue to do that. I wouldn't be surprised if movies continue to be Probably. quite a big thrust of this show. Yeah, yeah. I do think in the coming months we will add... Um, reviews of series, mm-hmm. especially series that are easily available Vikings. on Netflix. Uh, maybe Vikings, but Vikings isn't done yet. So oh. we'll have to decide how we want that. It, okay. we, we can certainly talk about it in as it's in process. But I also wonder, I, I asked you last week if you had watched, was it Oz or The Wire? Correct, or the, not, neither. Right. So mm-hmm. it could be something like that or something like The Sopranos. I recently read a book called Difficult Men, which if anybody is interested in movie making or TV making or making creative uh, visual product, yeah. this was a an unputdownable, fascinating, fascinating read. Had been mm. recommended to you and I by Ty Frank, who okay. is one of the writers behind The Expanse. Yep. And, uh, and he said, like, you won't regret it if you read it. And it was called Difficult Men. And I was like, oh, Lord. I, like, I don't want it to be you know, people popping a, a vein in their head, screaming at secretaries. Sure. like sure. like. Um, like the the movies depicted, but it was awesome. So we may very well do that. And that will give people time to either revisit series that they've seen in the past. It'll give us time to do it in real time, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Okay. We do get a couple of requests and we're actually going to talk about quite a lot of the requests that we've been emailed. That'll be fun. But like we do it. get a few requests for books and we can do that. And we probably will do a few of those in the new year, right. but, or in the next year, but, um, that takes a lot more time and we're quite busy. It's and- a big ask for the listener. You know, if people like the show and like listening to us chatter and then all of a sudden, Oh, here's game. Here's book one of game of Thrones. We're going to cover it. 
And you right. haven't already read that. That's a couple weeks. Exactly. Well, much. yeah, at least. Uh, but there are much shorter books than George R. R. Martin's books. And okay. so it could be like, in June, uh, we're going to review whatever. Uh-huh. And that gives somebody six months to read a hundred and, you know, 150,000 word book. And okay. that's probably a little more fair. It'll also give you and I that time to read that book. Yeah. That said, uh, I think the next, the only other genre that we may cover are... Um, musical storytellers because everybody Those has are easy to get at. That's a good call. Yeah. They're pretty easy to get at. Everybody yeah. has a favorite. Like we both <clears throat> like ACDC, but you no, like ACDC, ACDC, right? In, in this huge, deep, formative way, uh-huh. just like when, you know, just like we feel about maybe weird science, it's the same sort of thing. You are affected by who you are at the time that you first hear that. The difference is Musical storytellers, especially if they have such a big, beautiful catalog like ACDC, are they can grow with you in a way a movie can't. Mm-hmm. And, you know, books do that a little bit yeah, more. For the but most books part, are pretty you don't big go back. Commitment. Like I was on a, a winger jag today, uh, you know, Kip, of course winger, you were. Kip Winger, Red Beach, you know. Yeah. And uh, just looking up, I'm like, I wonder what kind of bass that was Red Beach was playing. Look it up and find just this, the first page of the Google and look up winger is all the, the mockery that became of winger. For being super pretty prancy boys. And of course, Kip Winger, well, not of course, you may not know this, actually studied ballet. So when he's up there with his bass and he's pirouetting and shit, he's doing friggin' ballet moves in a heavy metal. Okay, that is going to bring some degree of of difficulty in, Sass. That, in that particular space. Yeah. Sass. Yeah. But to be pigeonholed as like, this is the epitome of the douchiest band in the it's like, okay, that's a little bit much. But the songs themselves, like you said, you know, she's only 17. It's just, it's just hard. It's pop rock. Mm-hmm. And I listened to it today and it has, it hasn't aged at all. Whereas you go back and watch a movie you loved in high school and you're like, how did I like this? This is atrocious. The song is this pristine little gym and it still sounds as good as it ever did. Yeah. And then there's also the, the viability of a band like ACDC, maybe not so much winger who had a shorter lifespan. Two, yeah. Three um, albums. Yeah. But something like ACDC or the Beatles or Kiss, especially that had, or the Rolling Stones or things like that, that mm. have a huge, YouTube, long, Madonna, just t- exactly huge, huge, long career. Where when I, uh, Madonna is a great example, when I was uh, a g- in junior high school, that meant what, something unique to me. Mm-hmm. But then when she did American Pie and I was in college, that was something else. Okay. And uh, and now as she evolves again, that's something else yet again, and and it fades away from my interest and investment. But um, I don't know if that if there's other people. Of course, there's other people who are right. coming and buying all of that. Steve, one second. We're going to grow into that, and if anybody has suggestions, I, I personally think we should start with Kiss because Kiss was part of both of our formative years in a very different way. Uh, Kiss was the very first concert I ever saw at oh. six years old, seven oh. years old. Okay, <laughs> because my older brother wanted to go, and my dad didn't know better than to take us both to a Kiss concert. Um, I wasn't that into Kiss because they look like clowns, and I'm terrified of clowns. Mm, but you did you like Poison because they also they look like they look, pretty pretty they clowns. They look like pretty girls. I remember the first time. <laughs> I saw the CD at what, like 14 or 15? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ooh, who are those girls? And then realization, wait a minute, those are boys! <laughs> threw the cassette, threw the CD down and ran out of the record Aww. store. Yeah, it was, it was, I was not quite as uh, sure of myself as I am now. Aww. The other thing, uh, you know, to jump in here is 
uh, directors, we could go through a director's catalog as well, because those are the storytellers exactly. of our time. Yeah, okay, and cool. we're probably going to shift, and, and and we could do that with the actors as well. We can shift and and give. We just have to sit down and map this out so people have a chance. Like if we're going to review Brando's movies, we're going to pick these four. You have three months to watch them. Mm-hmm. Go. And I bet they all have things you did not know about them. I too. mean, maybe not all of them because BuzzFeed didn't exist when Brando was making most of his movies. Okay. So, you know. Well, I'll make shit up for that then. Okay, good. Yeah. There are probably lots of things I don't know about <laughs> The Godfather that yes. exist only in we your are head just, at the moment. That will make us an equally hard-hitting news service like BuzzFeed because we'll just make that shit up as we go along. Yeah. Well, okay. Ready? Yes. Okay. So uh, I'm going to talk about some of the suggestions that we had because some of them, are they're very... Good, but there's a reason that we will or won't do them. And okay. we'll just talk about that. But we love that you guys are sharing. Yes. Um, so one of the, and these are sort of out well, of just, order. Just interrupt, in case anybody's listening and an idea pops into their head, where should they send their idea? To info at emptyset.com. Okay. And everybody, I know you're on Facebook. I know you're on Twitter. I know you're on Instagram. Truly, the only way to coalesce these is to have them all in one place. So if you really yes. want us to hear it, you really want us to see it, you can do info at emptyset.com and that surefire will talk about it. Info at emptyset.com is the gatekeeper. It is. And yes. the email is the key master. Okay, Zool. Let's go <laughs> on. So, uh, Keith wrote, uh, just a thought, but how about the Mad Max films, in- including Fury Ooh. Road, and how that that fits in with the original? I like that one. Yeah, and that was, I was actually, you brought up the director and I brought up the actor, but I was waiting actually to talk about ah, this because that's a good, that's a, a series is also a good idea because right. that's something that people can especially see. And we've been doing a little bit of that where, we wanted to maybe review, and I don't think we'll actually do this in time, but we wanted to review Flatliners, the original Flatliners, before the, the new remake Flatliners comes out. Yeah, yeah. Out. We've done that a couple of times, but I don't think um, that's quite the same thing as, well, there's been four Mad Max movies. Not quite. It's it's a, it's a cool take on it. Let's review the the old one, and before you go in theaters, maybe see the new one. But oh, for I sure. got a feeling the new Flatliners is not going to do bang bang up box office. I got a feeling. And I wonder if the old Flatliners did, because I was young enough that, you know, I- Kiefer Sutherland and Julia Roberts. And Julia Roberts in it. Yeah. yeah. And Jason Patrick, right? I think. I don't is know. Is that where they met? It was- Well, we're not going to get into that yeah. movie. I've got thoughts on that movie. I got feels about feels. that movie, okay, yes. Okay, good to know. So anyway, uh, that is something that we certainly will do. That's a great uh, suggestion for a series. But yeah, series reviews, direct directorial uh, oeuvre, uh, acting, uh, mon- like monolithic, huge actors and, and their evolution, right. that kind of thing. Right. Um, like watching one of Pacino's early movies or De Niro's early movies, they are still that guy. Yeah. And they're incredibly talented, but they're not, you know, they're not the same as once they're sort of now well-versed in the business as well. And they're just fearless, you know? I mean, Robert De Niro and Taxi Driver, as an example, fearless in a lot of ways, but mm-hmm. also reckless and 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 vibrating, dangerous. And, mm-hmm. and then he's in Cape Fear, which is that same and he got sort ripped of- for Cape Fear. He, he really did. super buff, man. But it's that same sort of terrifyingly psychotic character. And it's 10,000 times more terrifying because- you know, if he wants something, he will absolutely know now at that age how to manipulate it and get it. Mm-hmm. Where Travis Bickle, maybe not so much. Okay. All um, right. So there's some good ideas there. I like it. Yeah. Uh, Jason Goodman emailed in, and this was actually made me laugh because he sent an entire conversation. Um, 
Greetings and salutations, A and Scott. Mm-hmm. Listening to your amusing discussion of the stunning flick Warlock, yeah. I had a thought. Yeah. Self, I said. <laughs> what movie would two such distinguished people of mm-hmm. such discriminating taste yes. really enjoy? Yes. Well, self, they enjoy horror. Indeed. Yes. Appreciate humor and irony. Uh, this, this Definitely. Heading towards Chucky by chance? Uh, nope, but keep guessing. Um, <laughs> keep going. The, they value unique characters. Okay. Oh, yes, they do. They find plot twists engaging. Right, right. Yes, yes, of course they do. Right. Well, I said to myself, I can think of one shining example of cinema that would be suitable. Okay. Any more guesses? No. The movie Wishmaster. I don't think I've seen Wishmaster. Oh, Oh, Lord. That means we're going to have to watch Wishmaster. <laughs> Jason. I... Oh, Jason Godman from Ohio. My goodness. Uh, oh, no. You said your your email address is Goodman, but you signed it Godman. So whichever one you are, Jason from Ohio. You're a god to me, man. So let's continue oh, on. Lord sakes. Yeah. We're going to have to watch the Wishmaster sometime soon. All right. Should, it, should, we, should we be writing these down? Oh, no. I already have them written oh, okay. down. Okay. Yeah, cool. yeah. I'll just take out any of the ones that you say. Cool. Oh, oh no, are not. we going to give away prizes this time? Because I got good prizes this time. Uh, sh- sure. But we'll do that later. Okay. So, um, then we have things that we have already had on our list and you'll find a few of these. Okay. Uh, Larry, who will meet at Siglerfest. All oh, right, Larry, this year. come on down uh, to Siglerfest, bro. Yeah. And anybody else wants to join Siglerfest, scottsigler.com slash Siglerfest. Find out all about it. Come hang out with us. We're going to do a live story smack. Yep. We're, we're going to do review, a live story smack. Review or talk about the Big Lebowski live yep. in, at, at Siglerfest. Shut the fuck up, Donnie. <laughs> But uh, Larry emails uh, that he would like us to talk about one of his favorite movies, Highlander from 1986. Oh, are you kidding me? And that is actually already on our list. Me? Yeah. Although that's one, loved it in high school, go back and watch it now. You're like, holy Christ with these special effects. It's, yeah. It changes. It does not age well. And that we've actually talked about you and I sometime in the last year or so watched Citizen Kane mm-hmm. and had this, like I have, oh, yes. I'm such a big, big movie buff and I've seen so, 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 so many of like the AFI top 100 or things like that, like truly remarkable game changing movies. And if they happen before about 1965 or so, mm-hmm. I'm such a technology snob. I can't get over seeing the muslin sets move when somebody slams a door. Yeah. Terrible. Like, and it, it's the same problem as terrible effects. Like in Warlock, the effects were so terrible because it was the eighties or whatever. Yes. And, uh, and we're going to have a little bit of that with Highlander, but that's definitely on our schedule. And we are aiming that around the end of the year, we'll put out the 2018 viewing schedule or reading schedule or whatever it is. So you guys can plan in advance. And, and yes. Highlander is definitely. All right. There. That's a, you know, there can be only one movie. Yeah. He, um, he also recommends The Accountant, which I don't think we've seen, and I'm not sure we'll talk oh about it. It's a Ben Affleck movie. I know we haven't seen we it haven't together. Seen just to go back to The Highlander, I can't wait. I'll just, I can't, I've watched it oh, 20 times. Clancy yeah. Brown, come on. That's just, <laughs> just preposterously good. Okay, so um, The Accountant, uh, I have a hard time being convinced to go see an action adventure shoot him up about a guy who is the accountant. I think that's kind of the idea behind it. I, I think that that's the point. Like, oh, he's this mild-mannered accountant, but is he really? It's that same moment in John Wick. When John Wick first starts, you think, oh, he's got a, his wife died and he's a puppy. But he's still a hitman. But you don't, if you're just watching the movie and you're not, you haven't, you haven't read up on it and you haven't seen it, if you're just pencil. watching the movie, uh-huh. You don't know that. You see his wife die. You see him get you, robbed. You know what the connection between those two movies is, though? No. Sometimes the accountant 
does his accounting with a fucking pencil. Maybe a pencil. A pencil. Yes, maybe. Okay. So I don't know whether or not the accountant will go. I like Ben Affleck. I haven't watched any of the Batman movies because all the DC, his Batman movies, all the DC movies are just shit. They're terrible. Mm -hmm. I think. Wonder Woman was fun. Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman was pretty good. But I'm with you. Like, I really, really would have been willing just to see um, Batman versus Superman just to see that just Wonder see Woman that scene. Yeah, but I can't. And I couldn't I can't bring myself that. to do it. I will say this. I know I'm way in the minority in the world of geekdom. I stopped watching the Dark Knight series after the second movie. I'm like, these are garbage. So I know I'm very limited. Most people love the the Dark Knight trilogy. But anyways, so I've, I, but I do like, uh, I do like. What's his nuts? The accountant, Ben Affleck. Yeah. He's yeah, okay. Yeah. He was the bomb in Phantoms, yo. <laughs> he was the bomb in Phantoms, yo. <laughs> so uh, Christopher McWhite, who's good friend yeah, of the Sigmaverse, yeah, yeah. uh, he emailed in a book review request. And he did this a while back, but I was waiting for like a moment, a show like this to talk about okay. it. Um, because this is a book that is available and we will probably put it out there and talk about it. Uh, he says, uh, good morning to the two of you. I just listened to stories back and heard you ask for suggestions. Here's mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. The Borables by Michael D. Larabetti. Okay. Years ago at a book tour, I told Scott that only two authors had ever given me nightmares, mm. Scott and one other. This book's author is the other. Does that mean we have to kill him? No, I, I he might be dead. It, it's, oh, wow. that's it's a story about me a jail uh, term. That's great. Yeah, that's good. And you're super busy with lots of deadlines, so that would that would screw up everything. <sighs> okay. I wonder why murder is a bad thing. Hmm. Uh, this is a story about street urchins who have been lost to the streets. When they disappear, they're actually borabold, which means they have been transformed from normal children into urchins and thieves who steal to survive. They physically transform into important ways. Their ears extend. And they hide this ear change by pulling woolen hats down over their ears. They face dangers all over Battersea Park and other parts of England by borable snatchers and rumbles. Um, so he says the story has always stayed with him and uh, hopes that we're interested Any in Any idea that. how many pages the book uh, is? I looked it up and it's interesting because when I first, when he sent this this summer, I mm-hmm. looked and it was only available in paperback. Good news. It was like a dollar and a half. Sure. Bad news, only available in paperback. But preparing for this episode, I looked it up again and now there is a Kindle version for eight bucks. Okay. So it doesn't seem very long. Let's see. Um, 224 pages. Oh, okay. And I'm still, I get a little itchy. I'm like, I want you guys to go read a book by someone else who's not me. 224 pages. <laughs> but people ask you for recommendations all the time. They do. They do. All right. Okay. So, okay. So we will move on from there. Good suggestion. Like we are listening. Yeah. And I'm going to shut these so that I can see. Let's see. Uh, Daniel Gonzalez emailed um, something that is actually on our... Uh, list of things to do, mm-hmm. which was already talked about, which is to maybe do the Terminator franchise. And I am a huge fan of the Terminator franchise, mm-hmm. and I think you're a big fan of the Terminator. I'm a big fan of uh, one and two. Yeah. One one because it's awesome, and that's, uh, wait a minute, yeah, Term- Terminator 1 was Cameron, mm-hmm. James Cameron. Mm-hmm. I don't know who did Terminator 2, but it was really good. I don't think that was Cameron. Anyways, we, we could, but we could talk about that. And then from there, That'd be a great one to go over because there's so much fucking fun eye candy to watch. And Schwarzenegger's just awesome. And right. you get a couple other cool actors in there. But watching a franchise disintegrate from too many cooks in the kitchen and too many people insisting 
what goes should go into the movie is because the movie itself becomes the territorial pissing power play instead of everybody like let's get a great script let the script writer do the script writer does director do the right. director does actors do you can you can just smell the amount of body odor from all the people in the writers room insisting things go a certain way and it just doesn't it doesn't work out and i'm a big uh, fan not of the as a as a set it's the same problem i find that the terminator series has the same problem that the Godfather series does, Which where is. one and two are exceptional and hugely f- crafted and well honed and mm-hmm. and gorgeous and fragile and perfect, and then there's three where it kind of gets away from you. Yeah, but there's still some beautiful things in it, and I think in T three, Nick Stahl's performance um, as the young John Connor mm-hmm. is really great, 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 and it's really sad. His his story as a human and as an actor is not so good. He He's a child actor. He's a really talented child actor. He does this movie, which I think is lovely. And then he gets kind of wrapped up in the fast and loose Hollywood lifestyle mm-hmm. and sort of falls off into the ether with drugs and whatever. And I don't think he's made it back yet, but I think he's still alive. I but did hear shame. an interesting rumor. In the climate ravaged world of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven. Pura is a geoengineered paradise that protects its fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. In a time when the world outside is unsafe, it's vital for Pura's existence that people rally behind the purpose of the city, and Demetria Lopez, head of the city's public relations, tirelessly promotes its idyllic image. But when she stumbles on a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she's willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors Ray Seahorn, Jeannie Tirado, and Maury Sterling. Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Today on the Twitters, I was on the Twitters for a few moments, and it looks like the rumor is that Linda Hamilton is returning to the Terminator franchise. So the upcoming movie that they're working on, which from what I've read already sounds like a giant shit show, does seem to have a ray of light in there. Yeah. If we yeah, get that Linda, would be Linda fun. back in, who yeah. is dope. She like it's one of my favorite character arcs ever is those two movies together. In one, she's, you know, the big hair and the ah and the screaming and the help me and like and she finally gets tough at the end. And then you get to the second movie and she's straight, straight gangster in the whole second movie. It's super yeah. fun to watch that actress pull off that whole arc. And more personal life getting in the way. So if she's involved in T4, that means Cameron is not. 
because uh, they, no, this would be this is beyond. We're in T five or six. T six now. Yeah. T six. Yeah. Uh, Maybe seven. Oh, we have to look that up. And then Cameron is not because they do not. Cameron. Have a, yeah. They do not have a loving history. <clears throat> Cameron's been out of it for a while. Yeah. Uh, okay. He's busy making Smurf movies. Well. Uh, Carlos Nieves writes, uh, I love the Story Smack podcast and enjoy listening Good. to it <clears throat> while sitting in horrible New York City traffic. Yes. So thank you. You're welcome, sir. I have a few movies that I feel would really make great Story Smack podcasts. Okay. One is Fight Club. Oh, totally yes. agree. We got to do that shit. Yep. One is Goonies. Also agree. Goonies should be a mandatory. That's absolutely must be done. And third is The Terminator. This dude is 43. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he's, he's our age. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah well, uh, the Terminator. Cool, cool. So I think all three of those are, are good calls. And like I said, we're, we'll sit down sometime in the next couple of months, sort of plot out so that we can share with you. I know we promised to give you a calendar earlier, but we'll actually try and do that for 2018 so people can plan ahead. This is her promising this now, people. This is not me. This is not Mr. Overpromise, Underdeliver, go get a cerveza at the bar and wonder how many people are mad because I didn't meet my deadline. This is this is a real girl herself who is saying you're going to get a calendar. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. And we'll be able to keep up. So like we'll have a page at scottsigler.com or if we do a storysmack.com, we'll do it there where we can... We can manage it and people will know ahead of time. One of my favorite. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm just saying, as Steven Seagal once said, and you can take that to the bank. Okay. Okay. Um, But one of my favorite movie podcasts, the Cinecast has a, like you can go and look at upcoming events so that you know what to do in advance. And I think we'll do a similar thing. Uh, Asher Samuel says, I would love to hear you guys cover Pulp Fiction. I am especially mm. interested in how you cover the mixed up timeline. Have we not done Pulp Fiction yet? No. And it's oh interesting God. because I read this. Uh, There's a little spoiler for the for the cast, but uh, I read this and thought, oh, great idea. Same problem with, uh, same problem is not the right word, but the same thing exists for Kill Bill, which is kind of fun because Uma mm-hmm. Thurman's in both of them. And then like a few days after this, someone else totally different sent in i really would love to see you do kill bill volumes one and two so that might be good we might do like a whole uma thurman month or something we 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 could do i would love to do an episode on my favorite director quentin tarantino and kind of walk through we've done some of his movies at least one or one he was in four rooms so that would be very fun for me he is he and james cameron are the two biggest influences on my writing career i'd say it's quentin tarantino james cameron and um gosh darn it and jack london Mm-hmm. Those and like crazy influenced by Stephen King, sort of, kind of, as far as you know, visceral. I think um, you, as a person, and, and the type of approach you went to, to like, I'm just, you know, just gonna balls to the wall this and yeah, and figure it out. Uh, is very Stephen Kingish. He's like, yeah, I don't care if you hate me. Still writing. Yeah, he's still <laughs> doing his thing. thing. Yeah. Um, okay, James Hugglestone in Sarasota, Florida, uh, says. Thank you for Story Smack. Please tell me you are considering doing a Story Smack for Warriors, which is on our list. Warriors, come out and play, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I uh, think that. I still haven't played that video game. Uh, Rockstar Games made a Warriors video game, which basically was the whole movie and how many guys you could get home by the end who, who, oh. who didn't die. I never got a chance to play it, So I, but uh, I do like that movie. And I'm going to say, I know you know this, but I'll say it on Story Smack because it'll make me more accountable. I worked for years at a blockbuster, well, at many blockbuster videos back when there were blockbuster videos, mm-hmm. and they were actually videotapes. Um, and uh, I have seen the beginning of Warriors 
a bunch of times, but I've never seen the whole movie. Can you dig it? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we'll watch that shit. Uh, he also suggests Logan's Run, which is one of my favorite. Logan's movies. Runs. They remade that recently, didn't yeah, they? Yeah. Well, we're gonna see the Run Runner Run version, the Back in the Day version. I think I that think. would be a great one since we'll do back. We'll watch Back in the Day and the new one. And that'd be a perfect one to compare and contrast because they're both easily accessible on the, the Netflix. And you and I know um, at least one, but I think several uh, people who cosplay at conventions and cosplay runners or cosplay from Logan's Run. Okay. And it's iconic. And you, if you have seen the movie, you instantly know. It's a great costume it's, design. And it's super easy. Yeah, yeah. it's great. Uh, and then he also suggests, I'm going to get you, Sucka. Oh, maybe. Probably. <laughs> Um, we definitely could do that. I'm going to get you suckers. The only movie with boots with goldfish in the heels that I'm aware it's, of I mean, that's in a, the it's history a compelling, of film. It's a compelling point. And it's, you know, how do you, how do you pass an up important piece of the cinema. auteur that puts living goldfish in boot heels? I mean, let's say it, you sort of get that answer in the movie, but we won't spoil it. We won't spoil it. Okay. Uh, but he's funny because he says, these are all great films for very different reasons. <laughs> yes. Yes. Those are, that's I, absolutely and also, true. I'm going to get you sucker was made in, um, made in a different time. And I don't know how well that will come off today. Although black dynamite, which I haven't seen yet is also a, a pseudo black exploitation movie mm -hmm. that people absolutely loved. So yeah, yeah I'm going to get you sucker though. It's a little bit, it's I mean, and I'm, yeah, and they may or may not be worth talking about. I think like that's a it could be part of our discussion of Quentin Tarantino because that was yeah. his goal for Foxy Brown was to appreciate the love of his love of black exploitation movies. Yes, but a and, totally different approach. Of course, absolutely. I, yeah. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying I I wonder if that's valuable value adding to talk about. <clears throat> we can see. Uh, Alvin writes, "Hi, A and FDO. First off, thank you both for the entertainment you've provided." Over the years, this OJ. These people are very nice. Because they they know they're emailing me. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why. Uh, this OJ yeah. appreciates it. Please keep up the great work. Ask kissing aside. Oh, wait. Maybe he's not sure who he's Yeah, maybe. Maybe. As a fellow Michigander and an mm. 80s baby. What? I would love. Red Dawn. Uh, nope. Okay. Uh, I would love to hear you guys riff on my absolute favorite movie from the 80s, Gremlins. Gremlins is another one. Um, I we can do Gremlins, but we almost have to do Gremlins and Gremlins Two together to watch sure. how the fucking wheels can come off something that is so fucking bulletproof. I'm yeah. sorry about my language. You watch Gremlins and you like a Gremlins sequel, dude. This is shooting fish in a barrel. This is going to be so easy. We're going to make a great film. People are going to love it. It's going to be that tongue in cheek comedy, and it's going to be gross and be great. And then they make. Gremlins 2. Now, if you guys have never seen Key and Peele's Gremlins 2 skit, oh. I, I advise you, as soon as this is over, go to YouTube and watch Key and Peele's Gremlins skit. We'll try and include that in the show notes. So you'll see this at scottsigler.com slash podcast slash uh, schedule or no slash. Uh, give me something. Scott, scottsigler.com slash podcast upcoming. slash upcoming. Slash yep. up, scottsigler.com slash podcast slash upcoming. We'll include the link in the show notes there, but it, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Key and Peele and yeah. I think they're, they're, they and their writing team, you know, you, you never get to find out who the writers are in the writer's room because these guys get all the glory, but still the, so many of the skits they do are just spectacular and their Gremlins 2 skit is, uh, um, is peerless. So he finishes with between the cold the blizzard type of weather, and the ugly gremlins. It reminds me of every typical Michigan yep. winter. Yep, sure does. <laughs> Made me laugh. Uh, so, like, like, again, we've gone back and forth about um, 
expanding the cast to not just be movie-based. And I think we probably will do a few of these, but overwhelmingly what we get is, please talk about more movies, guys. Yeah, so again, yeah. It's, it's, just, it's easy and accessible, it's and, you, and you, it doesn't quite matter if you, you know, you can skip one and it's episodic, and because they're movies, it's episodic, so it's easy to miss one okay. if you don't want to be spoiled. Okay. Uh, Dana Stoll, who's Joker Dress on our site. Yes. OJ, uh, he, this, I love this email. It's, it's um, all sorts of good things um, that, Sort of we've talked about. We haven't really talked about some. It's a little long, but I think it's great. He said he just finished the Fifth Element Story Smack. It was super fun, and he really enjoys them. And now he finds himself looking forward to Scott's 10 Things You Don't Know <laughs> portion. Um, and then hey, he said- People love the, it. People love uh, it. He, so he has a few suggestions. Uh, one, with Empty Set attempting to break into both the big and small screens, the big push of recent book-to-film adaptations, Stephen King has- four or five of his IPs coming out this year alone. Mm -hmm. What is our take on that? Um, and then I know Scott mentioned that if one of his novels sells, he's willing to change anything they want to keep it in production. Is it important as a consumer to stay close to the source material? What are, in your opinions as creators, the best and what made them the best? Which ones were absolutely dreadful and why? And which as consumers are your favorites? So I like this idea. It's yeah. sort of pulling back the curtain a little bit. And it's, we're right on the cusp of being creators and consumers both, but we're pretty accessible consumers and pretty accessible creators. Mm -hmm. So I think that might be a good one. Mm -hmm. Uh, number two on a similar tract, again, covered in small pieces. What about reboots slash remakes versus new ideas? And he's actually talking about, like, how can we keep having to churn out the same things over and over again? But there's right. a really good reason for that. Hey, movies are expensive, but I think that's a great thing to talk about, especially if we spend a little time reviewing, you know, the old Logan's run and the new Logan's run, the old right. flatliners and the new flatliners, that kind of thing. So we'll probably look into that, I think. I mean, then, that would take a little research. I mean, there's... There are very valid reasons why people do that. And, you know, and, and the short answer is this is a business where if you are involved with a film that doesn't produce financially, your career can be over. You'll mm -hmm. never have lunch in this town again, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the biggest reason. And I always go back to the old, I think it was the 70s adage, or early 80s adage. If you're the IT guy at a company and you got to put in some new computers... You go with IBM because nobody ever got fired for buying Big Blue because it was the biggest and the best. Sure. And then if something goes wrong, well, it's not your fault. You bought the best thing that was out there. And movies have a similar similar approach, which is, dude, we remade Logan's Run. Everybody loves this movie. Clearly, it's not my fault for being in charge of, of getting this movie. It's the people who made it. How did they fuck it up? And there's a, there's a different angle, too, which people... And I am one of them. I'm exactly this guy. Uh, complain about like, oh, there's churning out. I don't need a new Logan's Run. I like the old Logan's Run. I'll just watch the old Logan's Run, mm -hmm. which is valid in a lot of ways. So why don't they just make new stuff, though, is interesting. Because Hollywood makes somewhere in the vicinity of 300 movies a year that you could go to a movie theater and watch. Might not be your local cineplex, but right. you could do it. You could drive all the way. If you're outside of Chicago, you drive all the way downtown to the Arclight and go see something special. And people don't do that. People mm -hmm. don't chase the brand new idea because it's brand new. That isn't how we work. And that isn't how we view. If I'm going to spend 50 bucks to go see a movie this Friday night, which I am... I want to make sure it's something I'll at least guess that I'll like. Yeah. So I'm, I actually was looking at this today and there's a whole bunch of movies and, and probably half of them are one I've never heard of Two, If I have heard their original ideas and I'm going to go see it mm -hmm. <laughs> because I read it and it terrified me mm -hmm. and people I know and like 
you know, have seen it and mostly liked it or have good good conversational criticism about it. And so I'm going to go with something I know. But this idea that Hollywood never puts out anything new, which is not what Dana is saying, but it's demonstrably false. It's that we as consumers want to win in in every category. Even in our space, we are getting new stuff. Uh, Valerian, the city of a thousand planets just came out and completely bombed. What was the one? Oh, the one with the Chris Pratt and the big. Oh, of uh, something with a V. Volunteers, visitors, uh, but they are the the two passengers. Passengers, passengers. Not only did they put it out, not only get the 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 most profitable female actress mm-hmm. in the world, mm-hmm. and probably and like at least in the in the last three or four years, the number one guy, and mm-hmm. at least in the ring for number one guy. So they went out and spent the money to get the big big bucks for the actors. This project's been in development forever. And what I think killed the film was they over-advertised. I, by the time that thing came out, I was like, I well, don't want to see yeah. another passenger. I, I'm like, fuck you. I'm tired of seeing this. I'm not going to see the movie. But they spent tons of money on advertising it. And it's so that's a brand new idea. Mm-hmm. They got the talent. They got the big budget for the movie. They got the big budget for the advertising. And people still didn't go see it. Yeah. And I think some of that might also be too many kicks, cooks in the kitchen that at because we, because they were doing so much promotion of it, we also saw a lot of that sort of behind the curtain cooks mm-hmm. in the kitchen information. So, yeah, I agree with you. It's an interesting thing. But every once in a while, and it's it's Dana is certainly not saying that, but I have had here and there conversations where people are like, well, why bother writing something new? Just write something trite because. I, like, I go through that every day. Every, it, every day as I'm choosing projects. Yeah. But the answer is that is always a very, very fragile dance on the edge of a razor. It mm-hmm. just is because you have to do something new and creative because you yourself have to do it. You could write a hundred books that you would hate every single minute of every single day of your right, job. Right. So you can't do that. Plus we're looking for new and interesting things that we, we, you know, everybody wants to be the first. Everybody wants to be the hip, cool kid. Who's like, I, I love Sigler before Sigler was cool. I mean, mm-hmm. I know you've always been cool, but you know, not I mean. so much. <laughs> I mean, we just had that whole, yeah, let's go back to high school. Yeah. Not, not <laughs> yeah. so much. Not but so anyway, much. also speaking it, of not being cool, I'm also going to go see it. I'm concerned. I might poop my pants. Okay. Let's move on. Yes. Uh, but I think that is Dana brought up a good point. That's something that would be really fun to talk cool. about. Cool, man. And then he just suggests after he heard our story smack on four rooms, he really would like our take on the 1981 animated classic anthology, Heavy Metal. <laughs> so that is actually uh, All right. a good tie-in to our right. music. Here's the only way I'm going to do Heavy Metal. Oh, Ready? Gosh. Number one, we have to get real, real high. <laughs> okay, well. Number two, everyone listening to our podcast... Has to get real well. Has to get real, real high. (laughs) In order to listen to that podcast, this that that is what we are going to do. The other one, that's a long ass movie, right? Uh, okay, I think so. I can't. Well, it's a long ass cartoon for sure. Long ass cartoon. I think what I want to do at some point, I want to like we try to do with aliens. At some point, I want to do a companion, a watch along commentary, but for something that is just ludicrous, like heavy metal. So people won't mind necessarily, you know, com- volume competing with us and we can just be goofballs and have a sure. great time with it. Uh, okay. So this is a little bit of change in tech. This is a thing that we talked about when it came in and I, and I don't, I, th- I don't think we'll probably do, um, but I want to talk about why. Doug okay. Farrow write, wrote in um, back in April. Um, I'm surprised unless I missed it. I have never heard the series <clears throat> Grimm discussed given its nocturnalish monsters among us premise. Mm-hmm. Really surprised me that it made it six seasons on NBC and not some cable network. 
And that was a great one. When this email came in, Doug, it's taken us six months to get back to you, but we sat down and talked about it. And the reality is we don't, uh, neither one of us have watched Grimm. Mm -hmm. And I I have never seen it at all. I think you've seen an episode or so. Here and there, yeah. And uh, and unfortunately, that is too big of a time commitment for us to make right now to catch up on six episodes uh, or six seasons uh, for to to talk about it in a real time way plus it's a it's a modern day show that that its entirety has happened with our modern media right so there's uh there are reviews uh there are blogs that review it and pick it apart and and talk about the tech and all that stuff and right. talk about the special effects so us adding that to the just and and I'm not saying that our opinion isn't fantastic cuz I'm sure it is it's awesome but it's glorious. It's we're not adding something to the space because yeah. we would we would be essentially sort of powering through it. And that's an enormous time commitment, even to watch one season. And quite frankly, I will be honest with you people. By you people, I mean you people. Mm-hmm. If it's on one of the major networks, I have trouble watching it. Those shows, other than comedies, those shows are often so bland and so watered down that they're really hard for me to process. And like every every minute and hour of my watching viewing time, reading time, et cetera, to me becomes more and more precious the older that I get to sit through any kind of a series that is on CBS, NBC, et cetera, and watch the same old trite concepts play out. And, you know, the episodic instead of the series long approach, you know, Hulu and Netflix and HBO are just, just kicking their ass up and down when it comes to storytelling. So that's the other big thing. It's really hard, really hard for me to do uh, to, to watch something new that's on one of the major networks. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And that's, it's funny because there's not necessarily anything wrong. There's legions of fans. Yeah, they're great. I mean, they're great. They just, but that's probably one we're not going to get to because of the precious amount of time that we would have to commit to it. It's those conversations we have in the office. Those are good. Those are very good shows. They do a great job. The Netflix shows are better. So it's not that they're bad. It's like, Oh yeah. It's a pizza. It's a pizza scale. It's a pizza scale. And I've been around for a while. I've, I've watched shows. I'm like, I know exactly what's going to happen. I know who's going to get with who. I can tell you everything's going to happen in this because I've been watching the show since I was six. And now, you know, then you go on Netflix and I screw with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carrie, a.k.a. Alpha Bitch, at least before her coffee. Okay. Um, I have coffee right now, Carrie. <laughs> Recommend says ask for story smack recommendations. She said she really enjoyed the Friday the Thirteenth uh, series Ooh, review yeah. that or movie review that we did. Okay. Even though that's one of the two series of that <clears throat> era's horror flicks that she didn't get into, okay. and the other was Freddy and Elm Street. Mm. Um, however, she was a huge fan of Halloween by John Carpenter, and I guess she says I guess I like something with a little bit more suspense with my gruesome debauchery. Yeah. Therefore, she recommends that as a trip down memory lane, uh, she would love to hear our take on the evil dead with Bruce Campbell. Yes. And I think that is, I don't understand how we overlooked that. Evil dead, evil dead, two army of darkness. These are all like, what's interesting about them is they are so unique in, in our, in, in the little story smack space, because I earlier in this episode mentioned, I'm sort of a technology snob when it comes to movie watching Mm -hmm. and the evil dead is no exception. It's, it's ludicrous in some ways and I don't care at all (laughs) so that just like everything else story can trump so many things and, and can uh, wash away some of your concerns in so many ways, as long as the story is something that engages you. So I think that's a, that is absolutely a a miss for us that we should have done so far. So I'm sure that we'll do that. Thank you, Carrie. Print it. And, uh, 
Matt Estes asks if we would do a story smack on the Passage trilogy by Justin Cronin. And this is this is a book discussion. And mm. that so we'll like I said earlier in the podcast, we'll pick a probably a couple of books. The problem with the trilogy, Justin is a great guy. The Passage is an interesting book. It, it, it's a trilogy though. It's 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 an enormous amount of stuff. Many, many, many pages. He's a cool dude. I actually got to interview him at uh, at a bookstore for on his tour. Um, here's the problem doing books too, you guys, is it's impossible for me to enjoy a book. There's very few books that I just flat out go like, that was an awesome read. Because it's, you know, like if you make suits for a living, everybody's suit you look at, you're analyzing, oh, how, how are the stitch? How's the cut? And I don't like what they did with that hem. You know, you can't relax and let yourself go. Well, and if I'm not, I'm not going to talk about yeah, somebody's this books. This is the part. Yeah, this is the part. Because there's, I mean, overall, you can give me a book and it's a great book, but I will, I will spend an hour obsessing about one particular point. And yeah. it, it's ridiculous. Even and though, you won't talk about that because unless you can say only good things correct. about it, because you know exactly how hard another author works, you know exactly yeah. how hard that book was to get out into the marketplace. So unless you can say this, I adored this, and you're not going to say anything That's at all. largely an empty set policy and by and large, you know, there are a lot of, a lot of entertainers out there who their marketing consists of being controversial online and saying outlandish shit and then courting the stuff that comes out. But when you say outlandish shit, you almost always got to marginalize someone or put someone down or dehumanize someone in order to get the ravening fans to come and everybody argue. And we just don't do that. We're, we're, we're a good time. We're we like, ain't got we, time for that. We ain't got time for that. We're very respectful of creators in general. And as they often says, the worst movie she's ever seen is better than any movie she's ever made because she's never made a movie. Yeah. But we've made a lot of books. And yes, that's true. And I will say that that does not mean to me that even the worst movie I've ever seen is still better than every movie I never made. And Correct. that is that's true. There you go. Uh-huh. That said... That doesn't mean that every movie out there is a good movie. Oh, that's correct. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. correct. So Lisa Brooks, I'm going to read this all together because it shines us both up and I'm just going to read it. Okay. Um, I recently men- mentioned this on Scott's Facebook feed and have found it to be so important that I am now emailing my request. I would really appreciate if you two would add to your current movie discussions how sound effects and incidental music impacts the movie mm-hmm. you watch. Mm-hmm. As a public school music teacher for 24 years, I routinely tell my students to consider lyric writing or music composition as a way to get into this business. Mm. I think this is a great idea. This is, and particularly for us, you and I have different sound requirements. You are much more audiophile than I am. Yeah. I don't know if that's from your musical history, your musical career or your writing career or your audiobook career, but you are way more invested in surround sound and all that other stuff for home viewing. And I will watch a movie with my earbuds on a, on a mo- on a MacBook. Sure. Um, but we also sometimes run into, cause you have this great big system set up at your place, this big old, uh, what five speaker surround sound yeah, thing? 30, Thirty foot screen. It's no big deal. <laughs> yeah, it's no big deal. And uh, and there will and we'll be watching things where the dialogue is soft and quiet, and then it goes to a battle scene or ships sailing across the sea scene, and it blasts me out so much I have to cover my ears. Yeah. So that's a super important thing, and we find like there's we both are watching Vikings, and that's a troublesome part of Vikings. That's specific. If it's people talking, it's quiet, and if it's not, it's very loud. Uh, is the biggest complaint I have about this show. And I love that show, but it's hard to manage. So that's a great idea. But then she says, thanks. Uh, PSA. Oh, I said I'd read it. Now I'm embarrassed. Uh, Hmm. A, it would not be possible for you to morph into anything cooler than who you are right now. And PPS, 
I have a crush on Scott and he knows it. <laughs> so Lisa, if you ever come to Sacred Fest, we'll buy you drinks. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, you compliment us. You'll have a good time. I'll tell you that. Uh, okay. Chris Malone says, story smack topic. And this is super old. Chris, if you're still listening, this is from last year and we're finally getting to our recommendation shows. Yeah. I'm bringing it up. Sorry about that. Hey guys, I'd really like to hear your take on Black Mirror. If you haven't seen it yet, it's like Twilight Zone, but with modern tech. That's you can watch episodes idea. in any order. Yeah, and I agree. We don't know any... What would be fun about this, if I'm not mistaken, you and I know very precious little about I've this I've seen one all. episode. Oh, you it's, have? It's okay. come highly recommended from, from everyone. Yeah, and he, he brings up a good point, which is this: the, the, these are episodic, so they can go in any order. <laughs> so maybe we would even ask for recommendations. Have you watched Black Mirror? Which is your favorite episode? Maybe we, we would watch that. But I think that's, that'll go into rotation because we can watch just one or two and kind of talk about that. Yeah, that's great. That's even shorter than a movie. Good idea. Yeah. Um, and then I think we may be mostly done. Good. Um, the only other one that's left is... Uh, <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, nope, that is it. Sorry. So anyway, this is our, um, kind of updates and scheduling and planning episode for Story Smack. We still want your recommendations. As you just heard, sometimes we'll take them and talk about them and decide that that is not a thing that we can do. Um, but something like Black Mirror is something that we wouldn't think about without you guys. Mm -hmm. So if you have any suggestions, please continue to email them to info at empty set. But until next time, I think that does it. So we'll close out this episode. We do hope you enjoyed episode 26 of Story Smack. As ever, you can find Scott and I online. Scott is at Scott Sigler on Twitter and Instagram. And his Facebook page is facebook.com slash Scott Sigler. I'm at Abriel Girl on Twitter and at a.real.girl on Instagram. You can always find us at scottsigler.com slash storysmack, and we'd love to see your comments there. You can always find Scott Sigler audiobooks at iTunes. Search for Scott Sigler audiobooks and click subscribe, and you'll get a free audiobook episode every Sunday. And uh, FDO, what are you up to this weekend? Jeez, uh, I don't know. Football. Maybe, yeah, maybe watching your Lions play. How are they doing? Lions are, are we, we don't discuss the fact that they're doing well. Oh, we don't. They're, they're not doing poorly at this well, point. Well, I will tell you that it must be a nice, it, it, it must be a nice uh, way to start the season. It, I'll say it, that. It is Compared this, to my Jets. This anyway. Sunday that we're going up against the Super Bowl runner-up from last year. So it's going to be, we will see. We will the hardest steel is forged in the hottest fires, eh? And we're going to be into a hot fire this weekend. I see. Yes. Well, I hope you enjoy that, and uh, we will talk to you all real soon. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. 
Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts.